Today's show is brought to you by CatConnection.com. For all of your home brewing needs, visit CatConnection.com and use the promo code HHH to receive 5% off your order. Entertaining shows with content that spreads information and sparks discourse throughout the community. This is the Pearl Media Network. Welcome to the Homebrew Happy Hour. This is the show where we supply the answers to your homebrewing questions and discuss all things related to homebrewing beer. If you have a question that you would like discussed on a future episode, visit homebrewhappyhour.com and click on the Submit a Question link at the top of the page. I'm your host, Joshua Steubing, and today I'm joined by our resident pro and owner of KeckConnection.com, Todd Burns. Todd, it's, uh, we also got another special guest that's in here with yeah, us Yeah, don't today. forget our special guest. We, we, uh, it's uh, not the usual day. We didn't just get up, have the coffee, uh, get in front of the studio and start, and start recording. We uh, just got done shooting some guns. We're, we're yeah. on the Keck Connection property, the, 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 the Citadel, Cartel Paradise, or what you wanna, <laughs> whatever you want to call this place. It is Well, a, uh, we're at my, uh, I've got a shipping container kind of out in the woods, and it's, it's a little redneck. We'll, we'll just say that. It is a redneck mansion. Yeah, it's, it's, but, it, but it's got uh, that uh, wafer board on the inside and insulation, and uh, you know we've got a it's it's a way it's a place to get away. We've got heating and air conditioning and uh, maybe a kegerator and a little beer and music and it's uh it's a good location for this. Yeah, and I, I anytime I get to come to your property and shoot guns, it's always a good day. Yeah, it's always fun. We I'm not the best a- shot, but I did get that guy in the head. Yeah, yeah, the you, target, that the is. paper guy. I yeah. got him. Yeah, we killed lots of paper. <laughs> I got him. You know. You joke at, at me when I say this. I'm a, I'm so good at first person shooters on the video games, but it doesn't translate to shooting real guns. It's the weirdest concept. No, it is a little different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just just a tad bit. Before we introduce our, our special guest on the show, we do have uh, we're going to follow our usual format for at least one question because we do have time to fill, and uh, Lord knows we we can fill time. So let's get into a question before we uh, get to the real meat of the show, and it comes from Adam. He uh, filled out the submitted question form on homebrewhappyhour.com, and he writes, The only thing keeping me from pulling the trigger on my purchase right now is that I just can't decide between keeping the standard Chutnow regulator in my kit or if I should upgrade to the TapRite regulator. Please discuss any specific reasons why someone would or should choose one over the other. Well, you know, first and foremost, this is one of those decisions that probably probably shouldn't be made on price because there's so little price difference. I, mm-hmm. I think it's $4, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. So it really depends on what features you want. Uh, first and foremost, let me just say that they are both American-made, extremely well-made quality regulators. We're seeing a lot of uh, inexpensive Chinese regulators kind of come into the market now. And some of them are actually sp- uh, selling for more than uh, a quality American regulator. I don't really understand that, but uh, I think it's good to stick with a with a good American brand that you know they're going to stand behind. Uh, the Chud now has advantages over the the uh, tap rod and vice versa. So the advantages of the tap of the uh, Chud now is some people prefer the metal bonnet and the ability to screw in that screw with a screwdriver or a coin, and then set it with a set nut. 
because they feel that there might be a little better durability. You know, there, there might be some advantages there. Uh, on the tap rod, on the other hand, a lot of people like actually like the plastic bonnet because they can pull that out with their hand, adjust the pressure, and then push it back in to lock it in place. And they feel that's an easier way to keep it adjusted. I think that the the precision of the tap right is probably uh, a little higher. It's, uh, it's typically we we see that those uh, long term will last slightly a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I don't think it's that important of a decision because, quite frankly, they're both great regulators. I don't think you're going to go wrong either way. When I noticed on the site, uh, it was probably a little while ago, but you stopped calling. Tap rights upgrades as much as it's just an option now, right? Is it because of that quality that they're they're both such high quality that buying a tap right isn't necessarily an upgrade? Like an upgrade would be going if you have a chud now going to a dual body chud now as opposed right. to necessarily a single body chud now up uh, to a single body tap right. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think the tap right is is probably a, a little bit of an upgrade. It is probably in the long run, it's probably a little better regulator. Uh, but some people would prefer the metal bonnet, so there's just, it, it, it's so much a personal preference. You know, frankly, I've used both. I think I have a chud now in my kegerator in my house right now just because that's what I grabbed when I was walking out the door. <laughs> I mean, that's how little it, 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 the importance is to me because I've used both of them. I'm so familiar with both of them. Well, they're, they're rated the same in regards to pressure that they can uh, regulate? Well, yes and no. The the Chudnell body, because everything's metal, it'll handle a higher pressure. So you can use a the standard Chudnell body uh, also for nitrogen, so you could go higher pressure with it. Whereas the Taprite with the plastic bonnet, you cannot do that. Taprite does make a model with a metal bonnet as well, and they also make a nitrogen regulator, which has the metal bonnet. So you can get any option of tap right that you can get in, in Chud now. But the, the main difference is, and, and they also have both have primaries and secondaries. But the, but the real difference is the basic body in a Chud now is the same for all those applications. And with a tap right, they, they specialize that body slightly for each particular application. So you you could, um, in theory, recommend to a guy like Adam that maybe, uh, I know you said it's not a significant cost difference, but he could put that money into something else. If anything, into the flat rate shipping is what it might cover if he just got the chud now, as opposed to uh, spending the money on, on the tap right. Not necessarily. I mean, I think I would uh, if it was me and I was four dollar difference. I think I get the tap right. Okay, that that's if what you want to put me on the spot. That's what I was trying to get you out of. If, if yeah, know, if someone <laughs> if I was going to make you pay, that, it's, it's every episode. I mean, I don't know what we're on now, eight nine, but uh-huh. um, uh, it's so subjective. And I'm just, I just want subjective. I want you to just give me and tell me what to do, man. Don't tell worry. me what to do. That's right. Well, and the other thing is, you know, again, I know I've mentioned the other ones, but there are some great American. Uh, built regulators on the market not just those two the chinese regulators some of the other regulators you're seeing coming into the market they just aren't the quality we're having issues with them we if if we had tested them they'd work flawlessly we would be selling them now there's a reason we're not selling them so be careful of what you're buying you don't want to buy 
and particularly spend more money on a Chinese regulator when you can get an American regulator. And we've talked about it in other episodes where the uh, – like in regards to kegs, whenever the uh, re- uh, listener had asked about AEB versus the Chinese ones, where it seems like what's going on in China – I'm rehashing an old topic, but it's relevant. They're just imitating, right? They're just, they, they found – they got a regulator. They obviously just put it in their shop. They realized they could you know, manufacture the same looking thing, and then they – flood the market with it and just flood it without any kind of regulatory body that uh, yeah, the to, American ones have to go to through. To some extent. I mean, a lot of it's because we're having components and parts made in China and they they have the ability to make it. The, the main difference is that you've got a an international company behind it that will actually stand behind it and take care of you if there's a problem. One of the big differences on the two regulators that we sell is the rebuild kits are very readily available you know, good luck finding a rebuild kit on some of these other ones that are right. that are coming into the market. If something's wrong with your tap right or your chud now that you bought thirty years ago, we can help you rebuild that and and make it like new again. Great, Adam. Think you got your question answered. And and like I had said at the top of the show, that's the only question I brought to the table for this episode because we are at Redneck Mansion. Yeah, this is the Redneck Edition and so, of uh, Homebrew and so Happy And so part hour. of that, what, what we thought would be an interesting episode, the reason why we're even uh, even hashing on the on the whole Redneck theme is because we've got our favorite Redneck in the uh, studio with us today. Yeah, I'm a, I have to tell you, though, uh, Josh, although they're, they're both Josh, it's going to be a little confusing. I'm a little disappointed at the at the amount of camo that he's wearing today. Which is none. Only his hat oh, it is his has hat. camo yeah. today. And most days when he comes into the office, it's at least 70% camo. It's so true. it's kind of a low camo day for the redneck edition. Think, I'm disappointed. Are you a little disappointed? I, no, I think he's I think he's dressed up. Yeah, okay. He dressed up for this. <laughs> yeah. I see. I see. Okay. And, I, and his camo suit was not ready. Exactly. Well, uh, Josh, uh, welcome. Welcome. Or thank you. <laughs> well, and the reason why we brought Josh in, and not to be confused with me, Joshua, the reason we brought Josh in is because Josh has been – uh, working for Keck Connection for uh, going on seven years, right? I believe it's about seven. Yeah, and, he, and he's been involved in uh, in, in homebrewing uh, to some extent. Watching me, and uh, he's very he's particularly good at drinking the, yes, the beer. Yes, I've noticed, but over the years, yeah. What we wanted to bring you in because the perspective, you know, we a lot of the questions being asked to us are from people who are either. Uh, brand, they don't know anything, they're brand new, or they're starting to brew with like their friends. So you have that perspective of, you've been in the industry a while. When was it that you decided, hey, I'm going to take a stab at actually brewing? Well, it started when uh, we were uh, about to start making the our building our homebrew, homebrew edition onto the office. And two reasons. One is because I really didn't like any of the beers on the market, wanted something different. And uh, another one was since I sell this stuff, I got to kind of know it. I can't tell people just willy-nilly telling them to do stuff when it's wrong. Well, uh, and let me just say the other reason. I told him if he would brew his own beer, I would supply the ingredients for free. Is, is it, oh, is I didn't want to mention Full disclosure money. here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, it's funny. We should have had him on for another episode when, I, when we were talking about clone kits because uh, I brought up clone in uh, Lone Star, which would be right up your alley, right? Well, see, I was going to say at the, at the very beginning of me uh, getting hired here, me and Todd were sitting in the office, and he asked me, what's my favorite beer? I was like, I don't know. I guess Lone Star, you know, something like that. Oh. 
And so he was like, don't worry, by the end of this, you'll like better beers. I was like, okay. By the end of this, you'll like better beers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, okay, that, tell them what happened. It's and true. Then so, and then so, you know, I started getting into it, started more knowledge. And then, you know, I kind of upgraded a little bit, tried Shinerbach, tried Ziggenbach, you know, tried all the different kinds, just trying to find a beer. And then, you know, the craft beer started popping up in all the bars and everything like that. So I started trying different ones that most of them I can't even pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so we were sitting there, and you know, I I tried a Hefeweizen, and I absolutely loved it. It was delicious. And so you know, and when it when it come time for us to start brewing, Todd asked me, "What do you want to brew?" I was like, eh, "I don't know, you know, like a Shinerbach clone or a Ziegenbach, because I know I like those beers." He was like, "We're not doing that." <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny because uh, um, you know we didn't set this up on purpose, but. He he! Uh, it seems like a natural thing, like we talked in another episode, where people do want to start brewing beers they're familiar with in a brand name, right? Like, right. Like, and we're we're all from Austin, San Marcos, basically Central Texas. So we grew up with Shiner Bach. That was the beer that people drink in this area of the country. And when you, yeah, when you would start home brewing, like you had mentioned before, it's not out of the norm to want to home brew something that you know you're going to like. And Absolutely. So you know you are going to like a Shiner Bach, and exactly. but the man put you down <laughs> well see we were we, we sat there and we brainstormed a little bit to just get several different kits on the site and everything we're going to start doing that and so i decided to brew a hefeweizen and it was absolutely great it was cloudy like it was supposed to be had the banana flavor smell it was awesome. it was perfect that's the thing it is uh although it's not necessarily my favorite style i know the style well i know what the characteristics should be and his version on the first time he ever brewed beer was absolutely perfect. And so, so congratulations. Tell us, though, what was the method of brewing you did? Did you do a brew in a bag? Did you do uh, a can kit? Like what, what What was the first your first experience with home brewing? We, yeah, the first experience I had, me, Todd, and a couple other guys from work, we did a, kit, a uh, Cooper's uh, uh, Amber. And uh, it's just a standard ca- uh, kit in a can. You just pour it into water or hot water. And we did that one all together. That yeah. wasn't actually the first one you brewed, but we did that one all together. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, and then the first one I actually brewed was a mini mash Hefeweizen that we that I did all the grains, crushed all the grains, did all the liquid uh, liquid malt extracts, measured all that out, hops and everything like that. I did everything from start to finish, and it was absolutely awesome. I had a blast doing the entire thing. And this, though, was you going, like, I know you talked about doing the group kit with Todd, but you had no reservations about going to a mini mash kit for your first solo brewing experience? No, not at all. It was it was kind of, one, I, I, I really wanted to try it, and I've talked to people, and they said, you know, mini mash into all grains is going to get you closer to the true flavor than from the kit, the, the, the cans. And so, you know, that and... Of, of course, again, I had to sell this stuff, so I had to jump right into it head first, and and I've loved every minute of it and haven't looked back yet. Yeah, and they've, he's actually brewed a lot along with another. We have another employee, Zach, and the both of them are really brewing a lot together, and it's exciting to see them 
really become interested in this. I want to interject the question. How is it now having employees that care about learning about the product? I know not all your employees, I'm not going to say names, uh, might be recording right now, but uh, it's got to be nice, right? Joking aside, it's got to be nice that you've got some zeal in your employees to uh, be able to support the product from experience, not just uh, from whatever they read. Yeah, we've got employees that go all the way from they don't drink at all, which it's kind of, you need a couple of those employees. So sometimes on those Monday mornings, you really need people to get stuff done, right? <laughs> and uh, all the way to well, I shouldn't, I don't mind, I won't go into that. But anyway, we you know we've got a range of uh, of of appreciation for beer uh, within our office, but the vast majority of people that that work for me and. Uh, do appreciate a, a quality beer. And a lot of them have learned that while they've been working for me, I think. And so, Josh, you um, well, first, how many batches have you brewed? And what, what's the typical batch for? Are you just doing the five-gallon batches that's kind of the standard for home brewers? Yeah, and it's, and it's mainly because, you know, it's just me drinking on it, and I don't need 10, 15 gallons of beer. It's just a lot of beer. You get tired after a while. You want something different. But as far as the amounts I've brewed... I say about five mini mashes, one all grain, and then a couple of the Cooper's cans. And all of them were fun. Of course, the Cooper's cans were just easy. Toss them out there real quick. The all grain, I was so confused when I started doing that. I had to read several different blogs, just go check out different recipes just to get the basics and everything. And it was, it was, definitely an experience you definitely have to experience you may you may not like it you may like it but it was definitely you definitely need to try and, and the all grain you did was a brew in a bag right yes did you did were you nudged into that all grain or any of them by todd and and and, and secondary well, question well, well, go ahead. Well, wait, not nudged. i mean there's always a backstory to this the reason he brewed the bag uh, the brew in a bag it's because we got the kit in, and it came in from the menu, from the company that we purchased it from. Because we we actually buy the that particular kit prepackaged. It, it was open; it, the seal had come open on it. Ah. So that's the reason he brewed that one. And, and quite frankly, we need everybody out there to buy the the kit in the cans because if we keep them too long, they expire. And then we have to brew them ourselves and drink all that beer. So we need you to buy and, more and, of them. And those. the best part, though, is you said those are the easiest, right? Exactly. Yeah, they take it takes longer to boil the water than it does to actually brew the beer. <laughs> so, do you and having uh, you know had your uh, your palate wet on all the different uh, varieties of, of methods? Do you have a favorite that if you um, you know it's a Friday, you're bored and you're going to brew, or not even just bored? If you're planning like the perfect brew experience, do you have one that you're like, this is how I like to brew when I'm given the option? Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be a mini mash. Um, for the simple fact, you know, it takes about an hour. The all grains take about a half hour to an hour longer. Um, so me, me personally, I, it's, I can, I just like that way more than I like the all grains. Yeah. When he says an hour, I mean, what he's referring to is the boil. You boil for an hour because you have to, you have to go through the process of putting your hops in the whole process. When you get all the way to the point where you, where you're actually have it in the fermenter, you've pitched the yeast and it's ready to go. It's probably about two and a half to three hours on a mini mash and and uh i have the the brew in the bag i'm not quite as familiar with but i'd say it's like you said about an four and a half hours 
Uh, and then an all grain where you're going, you know, kind of an old school all grain uh, brewing process that can take six to seven to eight hours, depending on exactly depending exactly on how you do it. Whereas the kit in a can, quite literally, you can do the entire thing in probably less than an hour. Really? Yeah. And and Josh, you're a you're a bachelor, you and you also live with another bachelor. Is y'all's house just full? I mean, do you do one batch? at a time and and wait until it's keg ready before we start another one or do you have like secondary fermenters all over the house uh no we don't have secondary fermenters all over the house but we we usually do two batches at a time one for me one for him he likes really bitter beers i don't really like those kinds of beers so but but as far as that goes we don't have very much we do have a lot of equipment and a lot of cleaning to do when we do brew but as far as it yeah we don't we don't have very many we just have maybe two three tops well, to go back to, uh, I want to ask you a question. To go back to the original, because you you were worked here so long and you didn't brew, it, it always seemed to me like you were a little apprehensive about about brewing, uh, a little bit nervous about getting into it. Yeah. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Were you a little apprehensive to start? And then tell me what your feeling was like after you actually started to brew the the batch no definitely i was definitely a little nervous when i was doing it main reason is i didn't want to ruin five gallons of beer that's a party foul you don't want to do that so (laughs) you know it's just and then after after i brewed it realized that it's like making a cake you really can't go wrong it's just what you like so it's just it kind of you know it kind of got easy after a while kind of got you know it's just one of those things that that's just what you want to do now. Making a cake. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's good. I like that. It, there's no such thing as bad cake. Exactly. But uh, there is such thing as bad beer. But I understand the I understand right, the analogy. Right. So um, I know the answer because you worked for Keg Connection. But if you weren't under the influence of Keg Connection, <laughs> would 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 bottling have even been a thought? I know you keg because you'll have a. You said you'll brew in two batches, so you'll have a, probably the a two faucet kegerator for the two of you. Um, have you even ever considered bottling? I did once, and then. Um I was I was going to brew a batch for my dad, and I was going to bottle it all up and everything like that. And then I started cleaning the bottles, and I stopped. <laughs> so you actually, when you said you did once, you mean you 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 thought about it yeah, once? Yeah, oh, I okay. did think about it once. <laughs> so we we are gonna I, we talked about this before. We have. We are going to brew a batch of beer in our office sometime in the next couple of months. And we're going to bottle it because I want everybody that works for me to learn how to bottle because they get questions about bottling and they turn it over to me because nobody in my office has ever bottled before. And have you, you know, we talked in another episode about uh, a guy was trying to convince his wife to let him have like his own setup in his garage as opposed to uh, making the mess in the kitchen. Uh, again, you, you don't have to impress anybody with your with your kitchen mess or whatnot, but are you, do you cook on or do you brew on your kitchen stove or do you have a, a separate setup for it where y'all maybe set it up outside or, or somewhere else? No, we do it completely inside like... Like you said, I don't have any women running around griping at me because the house smells funny or anything like that. Yeah, and you, you know, quite frankly, I haven't been to your house a lot, but I, I'm just going to go so far as to say that your your kitchen's probably cleaner uh, when you brew a batch of beer than it is normally. Almost, yes, that's true. Okay. Yes. <laughs> 
Well, that's awesome. I, I mean, I, I know um, me as well. I've not you – know, when people work for Tech Connection um, or rather when people think about the workers of Tech Connection, I think the thought is they're all – I mean, we all enjoy beer. And that was always, you know, everyone – no one who works for you besides maybe one don't enjoy beer. But not everybody home brews. But it seems like, uh, Todd, your employees are changing that more and more or not just home brewing. Uh, as a learning thing, but they're homebrewing now as a hobbyist and enthusiast. It's become part of their uh, extracurricular. Well, absolutely. I think even the person that, you know, I, th- I think that that person enjoyed beer a lot at one time, but maybe a little too much and they had to <laughs> yeah. stop enjoying beer. I understand. Beer. It's, it's yeah. the Sam um, from Cheers situation. I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's the thing. You know, we, we've talked about this before, but I think it's always very, very important to point out that uh, we enjoy beer, but we enjoy beer, uh, tasting the beer, the flavor of the beer. I think it's very different than people that go out and buy a 24-pack of an inexpensive beer and they sit around and drink all day. We don't do that. We enjoy smaller – and you in particular, yeah. Josh, Joshua – you, you rarely I – would, I would go on a limb and say you rarely drink more than – two or three beers in a session no i absolutely and that, that was uh, that's a good segue to what i was going to ask other josh here is um you know we yeah you're i agree with you everyone that i know that's a home brewer or um is everything that that budweiser commercial during the super bowl made fun of the types that exactly <laughs> we are you know that not not alcohol it's just uh, i can drink a beer enjoy it for what it is and and maybe grab another one or be okay for the whole night josh since you've been home brewing has your consumption drastically changed one way or the other yes definitely i definitely drink less beer but the quality of the beer 10 times better See, that's awesome and you that don't hardly, good. and yeah. again there's so much like todd said there's so much uh, misconceptions out there that uh, you know I, I guarantee you now that i have that kegerator uh the perception is oh he, he there's a kegerator in his house I, you know the guy must be a drunk and I would, well and, I, and you you don't drink vodka now right that's probably yeah. a positive thing yeah. from what i've seen you. <laughs> anyway uh let's move on yeah <laughs> Well, I think to, to to wrap it up, I, I think what I would want to get from you, not like a final statement, but what would you recommend? Because almost almost 90-something percent, I made that percentage up, but it's an overwhelming majority of listeners that submit questions are all people who are just right on the line of starting. And it seems like you can read through their words, like how apprehensive they are to borrow from, from Todd. Right. What would you throw out there to maybe encourage that person listening that is uh, timid to, to jump in it because they just have no clue. I would say it's, it's definitely an experience. It's absolutely awesome. You get the, the exact beer that you want 100% of the time. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to buy the beer that they want you to be, buy or anything like that. It's, it's a fun activity. You can, you can get your wife involved. You can, do anything you want really it's just it's so much fun that i would i would recommend everybody at least try it once yeah and don't be afraid of it just try it i mean it's 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 home brewing beer if you completely totally screw it up it it's not the end of the world <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well well with that i think it's time to wrap it up 
Uh, if you have a question that you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, visit homebrewhappyhour.com and click on the Submit a Question link at the top of the page. For all of your homebrewing needs, please visit www.catconnection.com and make sure you use the promo code HHH, that's for Homebrew Happy Hour, to save 5% off your order. On behalf of Todd Burns, KetConnection.com, and the Pearl Media Network, I'm Joshua Steubing. Thank you for listening.